fun. It was just like few. Yeah, it was a. No, no, it was like two Sundays ago, right? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was cool. <laughs> See what happens with Verizon? The Lord came back. <laughs> Dang it. What happened to me? <laughs> We're on our way up right now. I know. So... We're in chapter three. Chapter three. Well, I counted and we have 11 weeks to finish this whole book. And if you divide it. Huh? Well. <laughs> just. Seasons and stuff. <laughs> Season. <laughs> well, you want to finish by the end of the year just so, like, you don't have to, like, have one study in January that's just like, okay, now we're going to finish it. You know, it just feels better when you just. Mm-hmm. Just ends. <laughs> I'll stop talking. <laughs> but. No. Nothing, nothing bad. Yeah. Fisc- the fiscal year. Yeah. I know, but at the pace that I'm going, I was thinking about it. I was actually right there. I was I just plow through this whole thing? There's too much stuff, though. There's too much good stuff to just like. I know. And then you summarizing everything. 24. Great lesson as a pastor, what not to teach. Yeah. I teach everything. I teach on everything. But I'm not going to be like, and Jesus wept. Why did he weep? <laughs> what led him to? He saw. He saw. Jerusalem. You saw, I know the commentary said that he wept profusely. <laughs> that he wept to the point of death or something. I don't know. And you know, Jesus wept is not the shortest verse in the Bible. It's not? Nope. It's not. Wait, what version, though? Because in the Greek, Jesus wept is, you know, two words just like it is in English. But there's another one in the Bible where the English translation is like three words, but in the Greek it's one. Let's get into it. Yeah, who cares if they hear it? If you hear it, who cares? That's why we have fun and you're not here. <laughs> so, so, all right. So we'll we're st- we'll start in the last 
two verses of chapter two, and then we'll go to chapter verse nine. It says, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not been not yet been revealed what we shall be but we know that when he is revealed we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness and sin is lawlessness and you know that he was manifested to take away our sins and in him there is no sin whoever abides in him does not sin whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Lord, we just thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that it's pure and undefiled. We thank you that it's just lasted um, from the beginning, Lord. That you commanded people to to keep it and um, preserve it, Lord. And Lord, we thank you that you sustained the Jewish people for that purpose. And Lord, just to show us your faithfulness and your mercy and your grace. And Lord, we thank you for grafting us in to their promises, Lord. And Lord, that you still have a plan for them. And Lord, we just thank you so much for this word that we have before us tonight. And we just pray, Lord, that you would be with us and um, that you would be glorified and that you would be clear for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So... And verses 20 and 29, I just wanted to restate that because, you know, it talks about abiding in him, that we would have confidence, that confidence and that we would, like I, I pointed out, there's two two people groups, the people that are going to be confident when he comes back and the people are going to be ashamed, the people that are going to be caught in the act of doing stuff, the people that are going to be caught in the, with their hand in the cookie jar. And, you know, it's about either doing his will or not doing his will. It's, you know, it's about abiding in him or not abiding in him. It's, you know, you, you participate in unrighteousness, then of course you should be ashamed of that. You know, but knowing that everyone who practices righteousness is indeed born of him and also is called his children. So, obviously, we all know that children have dads. And, you know, that verse where it, it talks about Abba, Father, Daddy, you know, like that's just it seems so strong. It's such a word because it's it talks not only about a, a physical, biological father, but it talks about an eternal father. You know, our biological fathers pass away, but our Abba, Father is everlasting. And that's who we are acclaimed to by responding to the love that he has bestowed unto us so that's who we respond to that's what john is trying to clarify here that hey you not only yet 
your your calling here is temporal, but I'm preparing you. I want to I want to make sure that all these things are in line, that everything is set in order, that you know that you would know Him who was from the beginning, which we have heard, that which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have even handled. That's the person I want to prepare you to meet, that you would have confidence. That you would have confidence that you would know, okay, yeah, perfect. There is Abba, you know, okay, and right to, right to the right hand on, on the right side of his throne, there is his son. You know, and now we, you know, are there with him and we can see both of them and we can recognize him as our daddy, as our Abba. And, you know, I just... This word, behold, come and see what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. That that hath bestowed, dude, it means so much. Like, if you look at it, it like, if you look at the, you know, blue letter Bible or whatever, it's like, it'll take up your whole page on your, on your computer screen on what it means. And I'll just go on a little bit about it because I love it. It's just... <laughs> It's a lot of stuff. Um, it it talks about complete ownership. It talks about just giving what the Father gave. It says it says to give to give something to someone of one's own accord to give one something to his advantage. It was to his advantage to give us love in Jesus' name, to grant us to give to give to one and let them have. To supply, to furnish necessary things. It's necessary for us to have this love. It's necessary for us to respond to it. And this to reach out, to extend, to present. You know, and then it says to give to one's care, to entrust, to commit a love. Something to be administered. Do you realize what I'm trying to get at? It says to give, to commit, or uh, to someone something to be religiously observed to give what is due or obligatory to pay wages or reward to furnish to endue to cause perfuse to give forth from oneself the love that was given was from him he gave from himself a part of his deity to his son that it might be bestowed unto us. To cause to come forth, and it says an example, as the sea, death, and hell are set to give up the dead who have been engulfed or received by them. To give one to someone as his own, as an object or uh, of his saving care. And it says to give one to someone who, to whom he already belonged and then to return to that love. To grant or permit one to commission. All this, you notice that like it's weird that hath bestowed is not just okay. He's giving it to us, but it's like he gives us a necessary thing. He gives it of himself, like a part, like like I give a part of myself to Carol. I give my heart to Carol because she's my wife. And I entrust it. I'm giving a part of myself to her because it's necessary for her to have that love. It's necessary for me to show her that love. 
It's necessary because it's necessary for Jesus to show his church that love. Just like that, he gives a part of himself. He gives the the reason why he went was that he could give unto uh, unto the church a part of the deity that was in God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he gives a part of that deity to the church because it's necessary, because it involves equipping, because then the church can administer that love and share it in that in the church. Do you see that little, just a glimpse of just deity and what God is? And, you know, we have to come to grips with this love that was shown on the cross because that's where it was perfected. It wasn't perfected in just everything that he did, but the fact that he gave himself to us, that's where it was perfect because he wasn't will, he was willing to not withhold his life. He was willing, I should be willing to lay down my life for my wife. I should be willing to, to go above and beyond everything I have so that she is well taken care of, so that she is safe, so that she is, will, is completely in, in God's hands, that, she, that her salvation is completely secure in Jesus Christ. I should be willing to go far and beyond to ensure that. Just like Jesus was willing to not withhold his life so that people can be called children of God. There's things that divert us though. There's things that start unclarifying his love for us. Things that come into our minds, come into our hearts and you know, we start doubting, we start just we go to the tomb and we know that it's empty and we know what happened there, but we just like neglect it. We just like, ah, oh, yeah, but is that all? Is that it? You know, is okay. The, t the tomb's empty. He came back. Yeah, there was 500 witnesses. You know, Thomas is over here saying that he's, you know, saw his wounds, um, but he didn't touch them because that's not what the Bible says. But you know, it's like you see all these people that have encountered Jesus and then they go, but there's something else. And it's like, come on, guys, that's all you need. That's all you need. Everything that that the Bible relates to that leads forth to the, the empty tomb and then the witnesses and then the imparting of the Holy Spirit. Dude, you can go on forever. It's like unlimited gas you know you can go on your entire lifetime you know as as every man goes you know as we go the way of all men you know and we die we can go on forever just on the mystery and then the person and the work of jesus christ and everything he done for, he has done for us that that love that he bestowed on us that we would be called we, dude i can write books on just that part right there and that could last me so long. That could that could nourish my body. That could purify me. That can bring me closer to Jesus than anything else on this earth. Just this word that we have before us. So, the thing is that the world does not know us. 
because it doesn't know him. The world does not know us because sometimes that love that the Father has bestowed unto us, we hold it and we we become like what would you what do you call it? We hoard it to ourselves. We keep it to ourselves. We're not willing to share it that God would then fill us with more love and that we would share it again to more people. You know, and the thing is is that's the world doesn't know us. It says right here in in verse uh well after I would say verse 1b, Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know Him. The world does not know us because it doesn't know Him, because it doesn't know of that love that God gave us. It doesn't know what it's to be called a children of God, of Christ, of the Holy Spirit. And it says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not been revealed to us what we shall be, but we, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We shall see him as he is, and whatever he is, that's what we're going to be. There's one, what would you call it? Huh? Yeah, there's one prototype in heaven, or there's one type of people group in heaven. And we will be the same because the atmosphere will be the same. And just like here, we're humans, and we all need oxygen, and we all need food, just like in heaven, it's a whole different realm. It's a whole different atmosphere. You know, we'll, we'll all be sustained by the same air, by the same nature, by everything that's going on. And everything will be fueling back to worshiping God. So everything that happens there, whether there's a sea of glass or not, you know, we're, we're going to be sustained by whatever there is over there in heaven. The, people are bummed that there's no surfing in heaven. I'm just saying, we're in Orange County. Everybody likes to serve. All the pastors serve. I don't know how. But we are children of God. And we know who our daddy is. We know his voice. We know his whistle. We know who he is. But then, yeah, who's your daddy? You know, we should know that question. You know, when somebody comes up and just like, who's your daddy? Abba Father. That's right. Jesus. You know, what, what more do you want from me? You know, but... Even though we haven't embraced him physically, you know, we haven't, like like John was saying here, you know, we looked upon, we handled with our hands. He even rested upon his chest. Like, dude, how intimate is that? We haven't done that yet. But, dude, when the Holy Spirit just fills us and we pray and we seek him, we almost get there. We almost experience what it is to be face-to-face -face with Jesus. When we have devotions, when we're faithful to doing that, we're we're almost there because we're getting a clear glimpse of who Jesus is through our devotions, whether we're in numbers or judges or whatever it might be. The Lord speaks to us. He's dude, it's insane. Like I, I almost think it's not biblical the stuff that He reveals to me, because it's like like when the Levitical priests, uh, like I get these visions and i'm just like okay the levitical priest they fill themselves with the sacrifice and then they wave it in front of the ministry i'm like what's that the first time i read that i was like dude what are they doing they got the sacrifice in their hands and they're waving it in front of the ministry and uh, in front of the temple and i'm just like dude what is that next thing you know i read it again and the lord is like yeah the 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 sacrifice of jesus needs to be put before the ministry and you're supposed to be filled with the sacrifice in your hands that's all you should have handling it just being full of it 
And that should be before you and anything else that you do. Before worship, before going and ministering to other people, you should be filled with that sacrifice. That when you go over there, your hands are just ready to give. Just ready to hear. Have some Jesus. You know, that they would understand that. That's the kind of stuff that I'm like, dude, like, is that real? Like, is that really what you're, you know, I, I trip out and I, you know, I have a blog and stuff. But it's just like, people must think I'm weird sometimes. You know, like people must think I'm like tripping out on some Jesus drug or something. But, dude, I love that the Lord just gives me that. And I post it in confidence because I know it's biblical, because I know it ministered to me. And that comes just from knowing him face to face, coming in confidence to him and asking the Lord, like, what does this mean? You know, what does this mean? And, you know, we have this hope. And, and this hope that we have, you know, that talks about in, in, in verse 3, And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. We purify ourselves with the word. We purify ourselves with meeting with him daily. You know, because that's where he does business with us. Each day we allow the spirit to show us areas that need immediate attention. You know, it's like, it's like a code red. You know, it should be that way. When we go and we're just like, Lord, show me an area where I'm just like missing the mark. Where I'm not letting you do business with me. And it should be like a code red where the, the spirit just comes in and has freedom just to minister to that area. And bring uh, healing and just, you know, that wounds would be mended. That wounds would just be healed. That every broken place in us where Jesus is not ruling and reigning would just be healed and there would be more of him that there would be more light in that room that there would be more jesus in that room you know and that we would just have freedom wherever we're lacking you know there's some areas that we're lacking there's some areas that i lack in and you know i just need more uh, like the fountains of living water we need more of the of the bread of life we need more of jesus of who he is that he would just come in and just do business you know it's he his will is to bring life to us, you know, to bring life. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. And, you know, we have to have truth. We have to know the way that he has for us. And we have to know that he wants to bring life to everybody. It's not just us and our little Christendom. It, it, no, he wants to extend that. That's why he fills us with a sacrifice in our hands. He fills us with it. And it's like, okay, go give it to everybody. Go, like... Dude, that song, Brian Whitley's, uh, I think his grandfather died. And dude, he, he wrote this song and it just said, Go tell somebody, tell everybody about Jesus. And he wrote it because he did not know that his, if his grandpa was saved or not. He didn't have confidence that his, if his, that his grandpa would either, you know, would be, you know, with Jesus or without. And that song always comes to mind. Because we are to go tell everybody. Go tell somebody. You know? And it, sometimes it's hard. But, you know, we should be so in love with Jesus. Wherever we're at in our workplace, at church, we're, you know, with our families. Wherever we're at, we should be so in love with them that people should envy us. That people should be jealous of this love that we have. People are jealous of love. They see me and Carol and they're just like... Why can't we be more like you guys? 
you know, or why can't, why, why do, you know, like, our, our unsaved friends, like, that are in relationships, they're just having troubles and stuff like that. It's like, what do you guys do? Like, what's different? What do you guys do? Do you guys fight? Yeah, we fight. Do you guys throw stuff? Yeah, we throw stuff, you know. And then we go, do you love Jesus? And they're like, no. Well, there's a problem. You know, Jesus is a sustainer of our relationship. Whether, you know, stuff goes down, stuff's going to go down no matter what. Saved and unsaved, the rain falls on the just and unjust alike. You know what I mean? Drama's going to happen. It's, you either have a sustainer, you have an advocate, you have an intercessor, or you have a judge, and you have nobody to help you. You know, and it's terrible. People are just like, I don't, you know, we tell them about this love and they're jealous of this love. And then they go, oh, I don't want it. Forget that. I'm not going to go and live a pure life. You know, are you serious? You mean you have to deny yourself? You mean you, mean you have to pick up your cross? That's too much work. Everybody wants free stuff. Well, here, come get the free, free salvation. You know, just let the Lord just do it. You know, but we need just to be in love with him. We need to stop living a lawless life. You know, verses 4 and 5, you know, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. It's living a life that's just completely and utterly out of control. And that's the world. They're out of control. You know, you always see people, and you're just like, dude, that guy's out of control. You know, speed, you know, just like all kinds of stuff going on. It's always out of control. You know, there's no control. Beer, there's no control. Everybody wants to get drunker. Everybody wants to, everybody wants to get more high. Every, you know, that was me. My motto was not to get high. It was to stay high. You know, and it was always more and more. And it was, I was out of control. And it was, you know, I was literally ignoring every law of nature and of government. And I was ignoring the law that calls me to love God. Because there's a law in us, like there is gravity, there's something in us that's called to minister, to give glory, and to love God. There's something in us, everybody, everybody. that's why the Holy Spirit is a para in the para mode, parallel to every human being, convicting them of sin and righteousness. Because there's something that's wanting something eternal, not something that could just cure us temporally you know here mortally there's something that just is calling out as as deep calls out to deep you know there's something that's calling out in us and you know we the people the world ignores the necessity for jesus they ignore the they ignore that that calling and they try to fill it with stuff they try to add well is this it well is eastern mysticism it is you know thus and so it you know like they just nope nope it's like when you're a little kid and you're trying to fit shapes into this, you know, thing. You're trying to learn that a star, you know, that's okay. A star, it's kind of weird shape. Okay, where does it fit? doesn't fit in the circle. doesn't fit in the square. You know, oh, okay, right there, the star, boom. And you fit it in. And, you know, just like that, people try to fit stuff in where only God can belong. You know, and, dude, it's, it's why he was made real. It's why he was manifested on this earth as we go on. And you know that he was manifested to take away your, our sins. And in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. 
Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. It was the reason why he was manifested. It was the reason why he was made real that we wouldn't have to look for him. It was the reason why he was on that cross. It was the reason why he came and he and he inhabited flesh and humanity that he would lead a perfect and sinless life. He was made he was manifested on this earth to take away the sins of the world. You know, this list, dude, Isaiah 61. To take away the sins of the earth, to prohibit us from experiencing the wages of sin and death, to proclaim freedom to the captives of sin and death, to preach good tidings unto the meek, to bind up the brokenhearted, to open the prison to those whom were bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the joy of the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that we would be called trees of righteousness, that we would be clothed with His righteousness, a planting of the Lord, a, a, a tree that's planted by the, the, the river of living water, that has life, that has so much life, you know, a tree planted by living water, the roots extend even to the other side of the river. And it's so green and it's so lush that the, if you look at it, all the grass around it is lush. It's like the shire. It's like there's so much life. Everything's green and the river's just flowing through it and God's just giving life, not only to it, but to its surroundings. Not only to it, not only to the tree, but to everything that you have influence of, to everything that you touch, to everything that, that you know, wherever you extend yourself, you know, God's giving life to that area because you have that life. Because you've chosen to be a planting of the Lord. You've chosen to worship Him, to be fruit, to abound in fruit. You've chosen to let Him water you day in and day out. You've chosen to sit under the sun, the S-O-N, that He might just nourish you and give you the right nutrients. That the photosynthesis would be just be perfect. That you would reflect everything that He is. You know, that's why He came. To take away our sins, to plant us from, you know, the, the kingdom of, of darkness into his marvelous light. That his light would then just bestow on us the gift of love. And just put us in that place where the river would just make us whole and, and just cure and, and prune branches that need to be pruned. And bring fruit to areas that were once dead. You know... But the fact is, is like, he not only was manifested here, and he not only did miracles here, but he did so much more. Doesn't the Bible say, John 21, 25, and there are also many other things which Jesus, which Jesus did, the which if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should that should be written. Amen. So many things he did. And so many things he's doing in our lives. That everything, imagine like, how many, what can you write, seriously, just everything that he did in, in your life. Just, I think those books right there would fill up Orange County. Just everything that, that God has did personally in your life. Dude, I just name it. And just, I love that God does that. And not only when he was here on earth, everything that he did that the world would not contain the good works 
and everything that he came to do. And then that hill that held the cross is like, yeah, but then look, look what I had to do in order that your sins would be removed from you. That as far as the east is from the west, you know, that's as far as he's removed our transgressions from us. You know, from a little Grom to a, to a rabbi, as they called him, you know, rabbi, you know, he was without sin. He did all things, and yet sin was never a thought. It was never an option. It was never a plan B. You know, it was never a plan for him not to ful- not to to fulfill the the will of the Father. He knew his daddy. He knew the love that that his daddy had given him to bestow unto everybody that he affected, to the Samaritan woman, to the blind man, to the mute man, to to the to the lame man. You know, he knew that love that needed that needed to be given. And it was overflowing in him. But it all came by abiding in the Father's will. And just like that, as we you see, it says here, it says, Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. You know, we just need to abide. That our sin may just remain covered. That we would remain under the blood. Yeah, we still fail. We still have a spiritual nature. You know, but the fact is God wants to work that out. It's not like he's done with us. You know, it's not like we we lose our salvation, you know, from one day to the next. It's not just all of a sudden, you know, the thing is, is that we begin to listen to Satan. We begin to listen to all the lies. We begin to listen and, and, and start entertaining doubt. And start entertaining options and plan B just like Jesus did not do. He didn't give room for the flesh. You know, right as Satan came to tempt him, he's like, dude, get away, depart from me. You know, you, you know, the, everything he said, you know, when, he, when Satan, he was led up by the Spirit to be tempted. He was led up by the Spirit, not by Satan. Led up by the Spirit. To, so that he can endure, so that he can then just have that consolation with us, that he would know what we have to go through here on this earth. I forgot what verse clarifies that, but he knows what we deal with. He knows everything that we deal with. And, you know, we just have the choice to to not be deceived. You know, as we get into it, it says, little children, let no one deceive you. That, that, little part deceive you do not be deceived i just went through and did a little study on it and and the the biggest verse that came out to me that's the best verse that's my verse from when i got saved is first corinthians ten thirteen. it says no temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man but god is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with that temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to endure it See, when I got saved, I was like, Lord, I can't deal with this. This is too much. You know, so many people have my number. So many people want to call me and hang out. I can't endure this stuff. And then, dude, I don't know who it was, but some, I don't know whose study I was at, but they're just like, you know what? It's not, it's, don't think it's uncommon for you to be tempted. Don't think it's uncommon. This is, he's only going to give you what you can handle. So it's in the it's it's in your it balls in your court. You either want to handle it, you know, or or you want to find the way of escape. You want to go and you're like, okay, Lord, 
this is weird where are you at i need i need fire right there i need a way out where are you right there carol boom out of here you know like when i'm with my friends when i was with my friends and i was like oh i can, I can hang out with my friends for a little bit and then you know i'd be like so Carol would be, we'd probably at Red Robin or something. Carol would be hanging out with the girls, and I'd be with the guys, and the guys start talking about guy stuff, and I'm just like, uh, okay, I noticed there, there's a problem. Where's Carol? And then there she was, uh, babe. We got, we got to go, you know, because I knew I needed to leave, and I was like, okay, nobody in here has Jesus. Nobody in here knows what I'm dealing with right now. Oh, okay, cool. I have my wife. You know, well, she wasn't my wife then, but we were courting or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, I see her and I'm just like, okay, we got to go. Because I'm not of this world anymore. Because they don't know him. Because they don't know that I am called now a children of God, a child of God. And I, I need a way of escape. Jesus said in, in Luke 21, verse 8, Take heed that you not, do not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he. And the time is drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. Don't be deceived. Many will come and say, yeah, you know, I tr you know, uh, there, there is Jesus, but, you know, there's also this. You know, many will come and say, yeah, in Jesus' name, you know, we, we're doing this ministry in Jesus' name. We're doing this and that. But sin's okay here. You know, we sweep sin under the rug here. You know, no. That's why Jesus said that. In 1 Corinthians 15.33, Paul said, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. My mom used to say that. Tell me who you hang out with and I'll tell you who you are. Tell me who you... That's a little Mexican saying. You know, Mexicans have a lot of sayings, by the way. Dude, my mom just has them all, like a little black book in her pocket, just ready to pop them out. And some of them are biblical and some of them are not. But... You know, evil company corrupts good habits. Evil company. Yeah, I was. I wanted to go hang out with my friends, and you know, I had a heart for them to get saved. But after the third or fourth time that I'm preaching Jesus to them, they're just not having it. Why am I going to go over there again? You know, like why? You know, they they started arguments with me. No, it's not. You know, the Lord doesn't call us to that. And, you know, when I was going over there and, and I was in evil company, it was going to start, it was going to begin to corrupt my good habits. It was going to begin to corrupt the communion I had with Jesus. Galatians uh, 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, so that he will reap. You know, we God is not mocked. God isn't just, you know, a, a clown or, you know, somebody that, you know, it's, is, is temporal. You know, God is God, and, you know, whatever we sow, so you know, that's what we're going to reap. Um, James, chapter 1. Dude, James is just slapping you in the face good. So good. Dude, I love it. Uh, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. This is a good one for the ESV people. 
Then when, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation, no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Dude, that just that first part right there. Blessed is a man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life. This whole life, this, when do we receive the crown of life? After we die. So this whole life is temptation. This whole life we're either tempted to follow Jesus or to follow ourselves. You know, we have the choice to either endure it that we might that we may receive the crown of life, not might, we're not under Allah. You know, we we have confidence that we will receive a crown of life after enduring this temptation, this life. And it's good. 1 Corinthians 6 9 verse not verses Chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Such was some of us, right? Such we were among. We ran with those people. We, it says in verse 11, And such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified. Amen. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. All things are lawful for us, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for us, but we will not be brought under the power of any. Food is for the stomach and stomach for the food, but God will destroy both it and them. How awesome is that? We're not to be brought under any power of anything on this earth. Not coffee, not anything. Not Facebook, not anything. Not Mac, not anything. Don't be brought under the power of such I was. You know, God will destroy both Mac and Pete's coffee. Now the body is not for sexual immorality before the Lord and the Lord for the body. Our bodies are made for Jesus. Period. Our bodies, the only thing that we should be brought under uh, under by a certain power would be the Lord. The Lord's power, it should, that's what we should be under. You are made to, glory, to give Him glory, and he, that's why He exists. This is a equals, our bodies equals His glorification. That's what we were made for. You know, that's what we give glory. That's why, you know, if I'm going to get a tattoo, it's only to glorify Him. And if he calls me out on it, then dang, I'll, I'll be bummed. But I don't know. It's giving him glory. You know, don't be deceived. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. So be clothed in righteousness. You know, the thing is, we let Satan have just, just let him freeload off of us. We let Satan bring, just bring sorrow Bring an oil of sorrow instead of joy. We let Satan just make everything bitter in our lives. We let him we let him do whatever he wants to do sometimes. You know, he it says here that he who sins is of the devil. 
he who sins is of the devil. He, the devil is the initiator of sin. He was, he's the mediator between sin and man. He's the one who brought the two together. He was the original gangster. He's like the guy who, the OG sinner, he perfected it. You know, and then he's like, okay, now I'm going to bring everybody down with me. You know, but we are a new creation. You know, and yeah, we used to, we, as such, like Paul said, was some of you who were a, adulterous and covetous and uh, drunkards and revilers. Yeah, you you were that. But First Peter 4, 4 says, in regards to these, they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation speaking evil of you. You know, they think it's strange that you don't do that stuff anymore. Yeah, they should think it's strange because you're here extending them love and they're rejecting it and they don't want it. Not because they don't love you, because they don't love him who is the source of that love. They don't want to die to themselves. And Satan is just, you know, like just a hater all day long. That's all he does is hate. You know, he's the accuser of the brethren. You know, in the streets, we call that just a hater. He has an IV full of haterade. You know, it's just, that's what he does, you know. But you guys have responded to the reason why Jesus came. We've responded to the fact that he was manifested on this earth, that he was made real to us, that he might take away our sins. You know, and it's for this purpose that the Son of God was manifested here, that He would lead, as we talked about earlier, captivity captive, that He would render sin and death powerless, that Satan would just seem muted at that fact, that, you know, as we point to the cross, as we like, yeah, I stand under the banner of Jesus, it's like we hit the mute button for the accuser of the brethren. You know, we just need to grow in Jesus. We need... We, we just need to grow in Him. We need to let His light just come in and do business in our lives. That we would not sin. That we would abide in Him. That we would not be deceived. That we would practice righteousness. Because for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. That every work that that you know is against us would not prosper. That every weapon that's against us would not prosper. You know, we do not wrestle with with uh, flesh and blood. You know, but we do we do fight for people, in, in that are you know just in the spiritual realm. We do fight for those people. We fight for those people because God has given us a heart for those people, for the people of this congregation, and that's just an outflow, you know, of being born again. You know, not of the corruptible seed, not of not of uh, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. This is the key point. We've been born again, not of a corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. What made us to life? The word of God. What abides in us forever? The word of God which lives, is not dead, but lives in us, the Word of God. Our main life source is the Word of God. So, why do we run to something else? Why do we run to other things? Why do we manufacture stuff that we claim as our sustenance? It's like we replace the Word of God with something. 
you know, we, we talked about having intimacy with Jesus. We talked about um, the intimacy and we proved it, uh, having intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And now we have the word of God that was written by God, by Jesus and the Holy Spirit. You know, the, the chief editors, you know, they guided everything. Some were proven by actual historical facts as Jesus was here on this earth. And now the Spirit just authored the entire, the rest of the New Testament. And that is the life source. That is where we stand or fall by this Word of God. If it's not living in us, if it's not, if we're not abiding in it, you know, we, we, we trade in corruptible seed for incorruptible. We say, here, I, I, I don't want this eternal seed. I want the temporal seed that's just going to fix me up for the next 20 years. You know, we need to have intimacy with the Lord. We need to have, we need to have intimacy with the Word through the Spirit. We need, to, we need to just do business with God. You know, it's this is the Word that was implanted in us. You know, it's the one that 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 we decided. We decided to not. There was a point in time, the time of initiation, I call it, and I can explain that later if you want me to. But that time, we decided to to not let this word be choked out. We decided, and and we said, Lord, you know what? The cares of this world are not going to choke the life out of this world because I know that my dependence on you is more important. It's my. I, I chose to say, you know what, Lord? I don't care what my friends are saying. I don't care what's going on right now, these first six months of my salvation. But I know that you are God. And I'm going to stick to my guns. And I'm, and I'm going to follow you. I'm going to pick up my cross and follow you. You know, we chose to do that. But now we choose otherwise? Like, we choose to... St- to plant that with something else we choose to replace it with words of men and praises of men you know that's where we go wrong since this word has made us alive in christ according to first peter 1 it should be our continual life source it should be our continual dependence as we go the way of all men as i talked about before though our inner man is perishing the inner the, though our outer man is perishing the inner man is being renewed day by day Notice how it's day by day. First, Second Corinthians 4.16 But it's only by the word of God that, a li- uh, that lives and abides forever. That's our source. You want to know how to love Jesus? You want to know how to be more like him? Let the word abide in you. Let the word just marinate and just saturate you know, every part of your body. You know that, that we would truly know what why God came. That we would truly know that He was here, He was manifested, that the works of the devil would just be destroyed. And, dude, it's His love. It's what it was bestowed unto us. You know, that's it. You know, we always have to go back to this because He loved us. You know, He wasn't withholding His only Son to the point of death. Not just proving himself a proving ground or you know hey go over there and show him how to live and that's it and then go the way of all men no he didn't just go the way of all men he literally got crucified died 
and then rose again. That's not the way of all men. So we have a God that's willing to go above and beyond to the point of death to show us love. And so us, I should be willing to go above and beyond to show my wife how much I love her. And us should show the church, should show people that God was willing to go that way. And we should we should love people that way. You know, if, if you know, just 77, 70 times 7, that's how many times you should forgive them and show them love. I don't know if that would ever happen, by the way. Imagine you just start counting. All right, forgive them the once, twice. You start getting it. just like 482, 483. Would that happen? I don't know. But God said it for a purpose. And I'm stoked that God has a purpose for all of us and for his word. And for his word, it's so that it would abide in us. That truly that the seed would just be truly incorruptible in us. And that though it got kicked around maybe for a little bit, you know, from the stony places to the thorny places. But, you know, if we want to live, if we want the word, if we want it to bring life to every part of our body, we need to stick to our guns and just let Jesus be Jesus in our lives. Let the word just do business, Father's business. Lord, we thank you for your word, God, that it's our life source, Lord. It's what you've called us to depend on. It's our daily bread, Lord, because it speaks of the bread of life. It's our, it's our, it's our moisture. It's what, what keeps us hydrated, Lord, because it speaks of the fountains of living water, Lord, that you gave even to the Samaritan woman. Come drink of the living water that you might not sin again Lord just thank you so much God that your word is just so valuable Lord it's so nourishing to me to everybody to us Lord let us treat it let us treat it as our utmost dependence Lord that it should be our first priority daily we love you, Lord, and just thank you so much for this time. Thank you so much that the reason why we gather is to to seek your word. Lord, we just love you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Dude. So, that wasn't planned.